Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Franchise Interview Show. I'm Alexander Kazina. I'm joined today by Eilert. Hey, guys. Welcome back to our show. And today, I am going to be interviewing Eilert on a series that I know that is very near and dear to his heart, which is the Battlefield series. Correct. Are you ready? I am. I am, actually. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I'm going to start off right off the bat, like... Battlefield is a series that I'd say that I am pretty knowledgeable about. I've, you know, played uh, a sum total of a fair few hours on each of the entries. Um, but, you know, I've not played them enough to really kind of gain a fundamental understanding of, like, what is it that Battlefield does that really sets it apart from other military shooters, in your opinion? So, and, and this is especially uh, during the early days of the franchise, uh, Battlefield really set itself apart by offering something that a lot of shooters, when they were still doing the whole um, exploring the whole corridor shooting and, and Twitch uh, shooting aspects of uh, multiplayer gameplay, Battlefield actually took it to a whole bigger scale and had these insanely huge maps. Even in the first game that released, uh, Battlefield 1942, these insanely huge maps that you could just roam about freely and um, have all these different vehicles um, that you can take um, to certain uh, objectives, you know, capture spawn points with your team. Um, this was something that wasn't really uh, done by any other uh, game before that. And I feel like um, Battlefield really uh, made it uh, streamlined and also um, with the vehicle gameplay, Brought a whole new dimension of um, of interesting gameplay to the to the first person shooter genre, and I think that's what really cemented Battlefield as a, a unique title uh, among a, a whole sea of other first person shooters. Cool, cool. You um the way that you kind of speak it, you know, you talk very kind of authoritatively. <laughs> it sounds like you've kind of been with this series for quite some time. When did you get uh, acquainted with it? So my very first Battlefield was actually Battlefield 1942. I remember playing it with um, the same good friend that I mentioned in my last video or in our last video, uh. the Command and Conquer one. Um, we played it on his computer um, and then I I just got hooked to it. And after Battlefield 1942, um, I, I discovered the franchise kind of chronologically. I went on to Battlefield Vietnam, which came... Uh, after uh, 1942 and then on to Battlefield 2 and um, then 2142. But I really remember that Battlefield 2 was uh, sticking by me with as being my favorite entry in the franchise. But uh, yeah, 1942 is how I got acquainted with the franchise proper. Okay, cool. I um, So from my perspective, you know, the Battlefield series seems like it's kind of divided between the games that released before Battlefield 3 and the games that kind of released uh, after Battlefield 3, where, you know, like Battlefield 3, I remember being like this huge, massive mainstream deal. It was, you know, put right up uh, against Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. People were review bombing both games on <laughs> Metacritic with zeros. Like, uh, you already kind of hinted at, you know, your favorite game in the series. Uh, but like, what would you say is your favorite game from specifically the pre-Battlefield era and kind of the post-Battlefield era? And are those, uh, uh, just jumping off of that, like, do those opinions uh, differ a fair bit from what the rest of the fan base thinks? Um, 
Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, when uh, Battlefield 3 came out, it it um, split the player base in, into two camps. And uh, I think this was mainly due to um, Battlefield 3 was the first game um, that really returned to its PC uh, roots. You had Battlefield Bad Company 1 and 2 that kind of um, were made in this vacuum between Battlefield 2142 and Battlefield 3. So um, that was kind of like um, the Battlefield formula in its core was kind of absent during that time. Um, as for my favorite uh, Battlefield entries uh, from before Battlefield 3, I still have to say Battlefield 2, although 2142 is a really close contender and I'll tell you why. Um, 2142 had this really interesting game mode called Titan. Uh, which uh, has a player and his team and their team um, capture or um, destroy these huge looming titans who are um, up in the sky. You can either enter them, you can either uh, capture spawn points, uh, which will uh, launch missiles to destroy them. The whole game mode was really unique, and, and I feel like that hasn't been attempted since, although Battlefield 4 had the Naval Strike DLC, which was kind of like a, a knock knockoff of the titan mode. Um, but interesting ideas such as that, I feel like, uh, set 2142 really apart from all the other Battlefield games. And as for my favorite game post Battlefield 3, um, I mean, well, post or including Battlefield 3. Post or including Battlefield 3, I see. Um, like Battlefield 3 doesn't have to exist on its own island separate no, from anything else. For sure. Right? Well, I, I'll touch on Battlefield 3 and what I think about that game specifically because it's very interesting. It indeed came out um, to a, a crowd of PC gamers who really wanted to see the Battlefield franchise return to its PC roots. Um, now, the problem was that a lot of um, the, the changes DICE made to... Um, to, to the Battlefield Bad Company series uh, during the, the time that Battlefield kind of was away from PC, um, they carried over towards uh, Battlefield 3. And a lot of people feel like it made Battlefield 3 a really dumbed-down experience. You had regenerating health, you had all these um, systems like uh, suppression, and mm. all these things kind of worked and kind of didn't at the same time. Uh, you also had a very different map design. The layouts were much smaller and the spawn points were much more focused towards each other. And all mm. these aspects really created um, an, a hostile reception from a lot of longtime PC fans. I myself was very neutral about Battlefield 3 when it came out, but the more I look back on it, the, the less favorable I am towards it. And that's why my favorite game post Battlefield 3 is actually Battlefield 4. Uh, surprisingly, a game that was really negatively received on release, but eventually mm. grew into this uh, really amazing game with a lot of interesting maps, and uh, the DLC was spectacular. So I'd say Battlefield 4. <laughs> yeah. So I was originally, one of the questions that I had you know, prepared ahead of this was, like, you know, do you feel like EA's push to make Battlefield a direct competitor to Call of Duty and make it a larger, more mainstream appeal, you know, helped it or hurt it. And I feel like you kind of already, you know, went into detail into kind of how it hurt it. <laughs> what would you say, though, like uh, EA's push to kind of make it a big, bigger, more mainstream uh, kind of thing? Like, in what ways did it help it? In what ways did the series arguably improve three onwards? 
Uh, well, definitely exposed it to a larger audience, and uh, that has its own uh, positives and negatives, of course. Um, I, I'd have to say that they implemented a lot of um, features that rewarded team play. So you get points for whenever uh, you revive players, and that was already in the previous game, but to this in this game it was already uh, it was brought to a whole other level, and everything you kind of did. Um, that helped the team uh, capture spawn points or uh, revive players or have players spawn on you. All these things were rewarded with points. And um, whether that actually made a tangible difference uh, in, in gameplay, I do not really know. I don't know if DICE has ever released uh, the data on that. But I do feel like it, it did help um, uh, create less lone wolves uh, on certain maps, which was a problem that... Uh, the older Refractor Battlefield games definitely had. So I'd say if there's one positive thing about the whole consolization of Battlefield, it would be that. Hmm. Cool, cool. Um, so, uh, you know, earlier when you were talking about uh, your favorite Battlefield games, you know, including in post-Battlefield 3, you said it was Battlefield 4. I was a little bit surprised uh, that you didn't say Battlefield 1, because I feel like from my perspective, that game was like quite successful and quite kind of popular with the fan base. Am I correct in that? Um, from what little I still pick up of um, Battlefield's uh, fan base, I, I, I have to agree that Battlefield 1 struck a lot of the right chords with uh, fans. To me, actually, um, although I feel that it was a um, good Battlefield, I feel like a lot of the design choices didn't really make sense. I feel like the the a lot of the maps had spawn points that were just so concentrated and close to each other that made uh, huge swaths of any specific map redundant uh, to explore. Um, and then you also had certain vehicle types and, and uh, weapons that it, it, they just didn't really make sense for the era the game was set in. You'd expect more um, semi-automatic weapons and not fully automatic weapons and you'd expect more trench warfare as opposed to the more free uh, roam type of gameplay that, that Battlefield 1 promoted. I feel like this is a problem that Battlefield Hardline, a, a spin-off of Battlefield, also had. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like um, Battlefield 1 is a positive game. I'm not negative about it, absolutely not, but there are certainly things that it could have done better uh, in the end. Yeah, so to that point, you briefly bought, brought up Battlefield Hardline. Like, what was your kind of opinion? Uh, what's your kind of opinion as to why it is that Battlefield Hardline and most recently kind of Battlefield Five didn't really kind of do it? Like, and I want to say I'm a, a little bit surprised with the latter instance because with Battlefield One, you know, as we previously discussed, I feel like it was pretty popular with both uh, diehard fans and with also casual fans as well. I remember a lot of mainstream games people talking about Battlefield 1's like vignette style campaign and Battlefield 5 apparently did something similar but you never hear anyone talking about 5. So like what exactly happened there? Yeah I believe that Battlefield 5 in the end was just really um, mired in the controversy that it um, up to its release uh, it had this um, crazy reveal trailer that a lot of people just didn't really know what kind of oh yeah 
I remember that. Yeah, the aesthetic. They people didn't really know what what kind of game EA was trying to sell. Uh, a lot of people. I remember this actually. I went on Twitter the day the reveal trailer actually launched, and a lot of people thought it was a frostbite rendition of this free-to-play cartoon Battlefield that released once called Battlefield Heroes. Um, so a lot of people were actually like confused. This is what is this actually? Is this World War II? Uh, the weapons certainly suggest it, but it's too cartoony or too wild. And I feel like, um, I don't know, internet kind of exists in its own bubble. And I feel like a lot of negativity uh, towards Battlefield Five was kind of held uh, strongly towards its release. Um, So when the game finally released proper, a lot of people were like, I'm not going to buy this game because it looks terrible. Even though upon its release, Battlefield Five actually looked apart and played the part now there is the question of single player which i never feel battlefield has been strong at even i'd say the only battlefield campaign that i really enjoyed was the first battlefield bank company one but all the yeah i was actually i was just gonna ask you about that next like jumping off of battlefield 5's you know single player like Mm -hmm. the the single player of the series like where do you kind of come down on it yeah so i feel like there's a lot that can be done uh with Battlefield's uh, single-player campaign. Uh, I don't know if you know this YouTuber called Super Bunny Hop, but he made a very interesting es- essay yeah. about it. I, I'm familiar with him. Cool. No, I, I feel like there's certainly opportunities. Um, the The problem with Battlefield's campaigns uh, post-Bad Company is that it tries to be Call of Duty, where it should be trying to be Battlefield. So you have these um, campaigns that, that are really linear um are focused on set pieces and it'd be interesting to have this campaign where uh the control is given to the player you have this squad control similar to republic commando and you know you are in control of directing people to capture certain things to destroy certain things i feel like the strength of battlefield or the battlefield single player should be to sell uh, players the idea of what the multiplayer will eventually become and if you have these large maps with people to control people to give orders to you can already prepare players to um, the multiplayer action that they'll be facing once they're done with the campaign um, quickly on the subject of bad companies uh, campaigns though um, what I feel the first bad company uh, campaign did right in this regard is it gave you a lot of control over different types of vehicles and um, you know other aspects of the game that that were really reminiscent of the multiplayer gameplay. Also, the destruction was really uh, emphasized. Uh, so I, I feel like what I what I said before: the single player should be a reflection of the multiplayer, and not something that lives in isolation of of that. Mm. Okay, interesting, interesting. I um. <clears throat> So, like, uh, one thing that I noticed in kind of preparing for this interview with you is that uh, the Call of Duty series, the series that we've brought up a fair few times in this little interview so far, you know, has often skirted with, like, futuristic and, in some cases, intergalactic adventures (laughs) and settings to the point that the fan base there got a little bit, you know, kind of miffed towards the end. And eventually Call of Duty made the decision to kind of go back in time. Um, Battlefield, however, seems to kind of rarely fute which future scenarios and technologies, with the exception being obviously Battlefield 2142, which we kind of brought up recently. 
And on the whole, like it kind of strikes me as being a lot more kind of grounded and serious uh, as of recent. I know that like the Battlefield Bad Company games in the past were kind of known for their humor. Do you kind of agree with this? Um, it's uh, it's difficult to say. Um, a friend of mine made a particularly interesting comparison that the Battlefield single players always want to be um, Black Hawk Down, where the multiplayer wants to be the Expandables. And I feel like the multiplayer gameplay has always been consistently zany, or at least not too self-serious, even though, you know, the aesthetics can sometimes lean towards uh, self-seriousness uh, too much. Um, yeah, in terms of um, uh, lightheartedness, um, I, I definitely feel that the older Battlefield games uh, had this a bit more. Um, in that you know the engine pretty mu pretty much allowed the player to do anything they wanted within the environment. Um, that right now is a bit more grounded towards realism as well. But I always feel like even though um, the visuals have changed and always uh, or have changed gradually more towards realism, I feel like the gameplay has always been uh, relatively the same. Even though you know it became more you know realistic in the end, but. Um, no, I feel like Battlefield has has done a fairly decent job at keeping its identity, even though it made some uh, questionable decisions that I don't necessarily agree with. Hmm. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So, uh, you know, right now the Battlefield series is at a little bit of an impasse following Battlefield Five. Um, DICE is obviously going to still continue making games in the series, but, uh, what we last heard, you know, as of the time of recording this podcast is that apparently the next Battlefield game is coming in 2022 and in kind of the time, uh, until then, uh, EA is apparently going to be leaning a lot more on respawn entertainment with, uh, Apex Legends to kind of keep that, uh, side of, uh, their audience occupied. Not to say that Apex Legends will replace, battlefield but like that's kind of the multiplayer experience that they're going to lean into more mm -hmm. um do you know we don't really know a lot about what this game will entail do you know what we can probably expect from it and i mean like to go more uh, to get more into specifics do you think that we're going to get more of a kind of back to basics experience it's going to be set in kind of like a modern combat scenario kind of a la the most recent call of duty uh, for sure. I believe that you see this trend um, a lot now where a lot of developers and publishers are kind of going back to their roots and, you know, reclaiming uh, its, its former audience. Um, in terms of uh, time period, yeah, I think the next Battlefield will be a modern setting or a contemporary setting. Um, and uh, yeah, I do also believe that it will just be a bit more grounded in terms of gameplay. Uh, now it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, I believe that someone leaked that it'll be like the fiscal year of 2020 or 2022 that it will be. It was uh, EA themselves actually oh. came out and said it. Oh, I yeah. see. And it was 2022, right? That was my understanding. Yes. I see. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what they, what they do with that extra time now that Battlefield has kind of been on a pause. I'm always more a fan of these uh, periods where the, the, the in-between releases where it's just drawn out and players can enjoy the, the last game in the franchise more and not feel forced to rush from one game to the next one and, you know, 
repeat that cycle uh, every every mm. year or every two years. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I believe that by then we'll also have the next generation of consoles. So uh, perhaps bigger maps, more players. I I always believe that when I play Battlefield 2, <laughs> as like a little kid, um, I believe yeah. that 64 players was cool at the time. But I always thought that that number was going to expand as you know technology progressed. So I always found it a, a bit odd that Battlefield held so true to that 64-player watermark, even though you have franchises like Call of Duty right now that have 64 players, even though they were always a 32- or 16-player uh, focused franchise, right? So I, I, mm. I, I do hope that Battlefield and the franchise as a whole at least, you know, show a bit more um, or take a bit more risk in order to shake up uh, what is usual for for the franchise? That'd be cool to see. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it remains to be seen how quickly it takes off. But if streaming platforms take off, like Stadia, for example, uh, that could be a uh, potentially a kind of a a route that the Battlefield series could go down on to kind of further expand and deepen its gameplay. Because in theory, if it's running off of the cloud, like the kind of like computative power of having a console there that it, it will basically determine how big or how small the maps uh, need to be won't be a factor anymore. You could theoretically make the biggest map that you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And so long as, you know, Google's servers or Microsoft servers or whatever at home can handle that, like that could work. Oh yeah, for sure. I saw this um, interesting presentation uh, by um, the upcoming Microsoft Flight Simulator game where they actually use the cloud to render these insanely detailed and huge um, maps because it would actually be impossible to store all that data on a single um, computer or console. You know, you have to fly uh, your plane around the globe. So, um, yeah, they employed that technology for their latest game. And it'd be interesting to see if that same technology can actually be applied um, to Battlefield as well and not even uh, so much in terms of map size, but also um, things like destruction. Um, I remember when destruction was a, a, a marketing gimmick that Battlefield relied so heavily on, and right now it's kind of, you know, it's it's not really anywhere. Um, so maybe also like destruction yeah. having these huge skyscrapers that you can take down in real time rather than be a trigger yeah. event. I, that'd be so cool to see. Yeah, which is it's too bad, by the way, that that's no longer really like a marketing bullet point for the series or most other series in general because that stuff always does look really cool yeah for sure um i remember battlefield 4 actually had this um map called siege of shanghai where he had this huge tower in the middle um they marketed the whole tower coming down as uh, something called levolution where it could take out pillars uh beneath the tower and so it would just kind of come crumbling down um, but it was always a an, a scripted event, you know. It, it was always triggered, and it, the right. tower always came down the same way. And it was really just uh, a bunch of smoke and mirrors. And I believe that you know, um, if they can use uh, cloud technology to make that more realistic, it'd be interesting to see how that affects gameplay as well. I mean, do you think that like part of the reason why destruction physics and all that kind of stuff? Did, you know, died down in popularity is because of Battlefield 4's, uh, you know, lack of success, that because that game kind of never really, 
because of all the bad press surrounding that game, like that's why that kind of bullet point really died down from games in general. Yeah, I'm not really too sure about that. I believe that. Yeah, I mean, I realize that's kind of a that's a pretty like wide and uh, that's a pretty huge question to ask, actually. Well, I, I, the the interesting thing about Battlefield um, or about EA's marketing in general is that they always find these new things to highlight, and I feel like destruction at the time was just kind of a thing, and it was not really, um, you know, necessarily thought about or or to emphasize. So I I believe that EA always or Dice uh, always finds these new. Th- aspects of their game to emphasize for each iteration and they just kind of move from um a gameplay aspect to gameplay aspect in that regard so you know i don't know uh destruction is still present in battlefield 5 and uh it's even in some cases more realistic than how destruction was uh done in uh, previous battlefield games um but yeah I, i have no idea why they did not really rely on that so heavily uh, during the promotion of Battlefield Five. Hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, before we wrap things up, I have just two more questions here, so sit tight. <laughs> uh, so just to kind of briefly go back to our uh, our discussion earlier about what we can expect next from the Battlefield series in 2022, do you think that there's any possibility that we could get a more futuristic battlefield either in 2022 or later on in the future because you know seeing as how you know rarely the battlefield series has gone with a more futuristic or sci-fi inspired series i wouldn't think that you know fans would be as kind of like tired of it in the way that they got tired of it with the call of duty series but again you're kind of the expert on the series so i don't know for certain do you think that that could happen well the fun thing is um battlefield 2143 uh, was actually teased in Battlefield 3, I believe, and also Battlefield 4. There was there were these oh. Easter eggs where um, I believe Battlefield 3 even had this little mini drone um, in the game uh, with, with 2143 as numbers written on the drone. Um, oh. and so Coming soon to Gamer's channel, investigating Battlefield 2143. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but if you look at the history of Battlefield um, as a whole... There's always been this trend of uh, teasing what comes next in in their current games. Um, so for a long time, people believed that 2143 was naturally coming as well because all the teasers uh, suggested it. The point is, before um, EA bought the Battlefront license from uh, or acquired the Battlefront license from LucasArts and, and Disney. Um, uh, that was always a consideration, but now you have the Battlefront, Battlefront franchise, which serves as its own futuristic setting um, within a Battlefield mold. So um, I believe uh, the, the Battlefront franchise has kind of made the necessity for a futuristic Battlefield uh, redundant in a way. Uh, and, right. and that is not to say that a 2143 game may never happen um i believe that that right now the ea would rather play uh to their strengths and have um dice develop something that is relatively uh safe in terms of a financial investment and and i believe that you know having contemporary gameplay uh a a modern battlefield if you will um is that for them 
And uh, again, certainly it's not too similar to the Battlefield series. It's not a replacement for it by any stretch. But I also imagine that with uh, Apex Legends currently on their portfolio, like I feel like that kind of fulfills the futuristic uh, first-person shooter series uh, kind of category as well. Yeah, I've never really known um, how much uh, a series like Battlefield and a and a Battle Royale uh, shooter really compete uh, with the, with each other. Um, you know, you've certainly had Battlefield try its hand at a Battle Royale game mode with uh, Battlefield Five Firestorm, I believe it's called. Mm. Um, so I I don't know if if EA feels like those two franchises are really taking players away from each other or not, but um, yeah, it could be that they're just like they don't really see the use of, of making Battlefield any anything zanier or wilder than it already is and just, you know, playing to what's safe for them. <laughs> mm. All right, cool. My one last and final question today is, if somebody wants to try and get into Battlefield right now, kind of what would you recommend that they do? Do you recommend that they wait for this new entry in 2022 to arrive and, you know, hopefully reboot things for the better? Or would you recommend that they jump into one of the current active battlefields? And if so, which one? Um, well, you know, the old diehard fan in me wants people to uh, expose or to be exposed to, uh, to the old Refractor games because they really have a certain charm. But I realize that they're not really popular anymore and from a gameplay perspective they've they're outdated like horribly um currently i'd say battlefield 5 is a safe investment i believe um it's um it's a pretty decent game with pretty decent map design uh but ea has already announced that they'll support it until um the next one comes out so um i don't really feel like you can go wrong uh there um but any mm -hmm. recent battlefield game um after Battlefield Three is fine because they're all currently still supported. They're all uh, they all okay, still have, cool. you know, a lot of players. So yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, Alert. I learned a lot about the Battlefield series, and I hope that you listening at home did as well. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at Alex Cozina. <laughs> you can follow me on uh, at the Alert. Subscribe to us here on this YouTube channel, The Gamers Plus. You can also subscribe to us on our other YouTube channel, Just Gamers. And yeah, be sure to support us on uh, patreon.com slash gamers as well. Till next time, this is Alexander Kazina signing off. Goodbye. Bye.